Welcome back to The Fireplace by Wallace Gibbs, Episode 2. Later that afternoon, Mama called us all into the kitchen to receive a Gibbs family briefing before she and Daddy left for the San Jacinta Inn. It was funny to see Mama go from being in the garden to being all dressed up to go out with Daddy. She stood there in the kitchen in a blue dress outlined in white that reached her knees. On her left wrist was a bracelet that contained a metal silhouette of each of us children. She only wore the bracelet when she and Daddy went out like tonight and sometimes to church. It's 5.30 p.m. and in about 30 minutes Daddy and I will be leaving to go out with his clients. I have left the telephone number to the San Jacinta Inn posted on the refrigerator. If an emergency arises, call Brother Nelson or Brother Barlow first, and if they can't solve it, then call us, Mama instructed. Gail, you and Charlotte need to behave, and don't cause Gina any problems like you did last time. Do you understand me? Yes, ma'am, both girls answered in unison. Good, Mama said. Virgil, you and Wallace need to obey Gina. Make sure to lock up the chickens and take a bath. Virgil, you better not bother the girls. You and Wallace can play Legos in your room or you can watch TV. Yes, ma'am, Virgil and I answered in unison. Daddy walked out of his bedroom, through the living room, and sat down at the kitchen table. He grabbed his pack of L&M cigarettes that was in the window sill, turned the pack upside down, and tapped on it, withdrawing a cigarette and then lit it. Georgia, are you about ready? Daddy asked. Give me a minute. I need to put on some lipstick and earrings, Mama answered back. I know that Mama has already talked to you, but I expect for all of you to behave while we are gone. If you don't, I will spank whoever causes the problem when I get back tonight, Daddy stated. Do you understand? Yes, sir, we all answered. I'm ready, Jean, Mama said as she re-entered the kitchen area. Daddy and Mama made their way through the utility room and went out through the front garage door. Virgil and I followed them. You boys be good, Mama said as she opened the front door to the white 1974 Ford LTD that Shill still gave to Daddy as a company car. We will, we both said as Mama closed her door. Daddy turned the key in the ignition and the big Ford roared to life. Daddy put the car into reverse, backed out onto FM 2090, and headed west towards Highway, 1, Highway 59. What do you want to do? I asked Virgil. I don't know, Virgil replied. I just want to stay away from the girls. Me too, I said. Let's go jump on the trampoline. Okay. Virgil, Wallace, Gina called as she raised the kitchen window. Come inside and take your baths. We were going to jump on the trampoline, I shouted. Come inside and take your baths, Gina urged. I thought that we could all watch Emergency 51 tonight while we eat in the living room. That would be awesome, I shouted back. Virgil and I went into the house and headed to our bedroom. I'm going to take my bath first, 
I said. You got to go first last time. That's okay, Virgil responded. I have to go number two. We both grabbed our clothes and headed to the bathroom. I turned on the bathroom water and stripped off my clothes. Virgil stripped off his clothes except for his shirt, which he pulled up over his head and let it stay with just his face showing and then sat down on the toilet. Hold on, I said. I have to pee first. Virgil got back up off the toilet and stood nearby. Don't pee on the lid, he grumbled. I have perfect aim, I said. Besides, it's always you that pees on the toilet lid. I really got to go. Move, Virgil urged. I moved away and Virgil reassumed his position on the toilet. I stuck my foot into the bath water and quickly withdrew it. Yikes, that's hot, I said as I moved to the faucet handles and turned off the hot water. The cold water continued to run and I stuck my foot back in the tub where the stream of cold water was hitting the hot bath water. I began to move my foot in circular motions to encourage the cold water to move to the back of the tub to cool down the temperature. When I finally got it right, I sat down in the water, laid back, and got my hair wet. Do you think that Snowdrop is going to have puppies again? Virgil asked from his perch. I sure hope so, I responded. Remember her last litter? They were so cute. It's kind of funny that their eyes don't open until they are nine days old. I can't wait until they can play with us. I sure wish that we could keep all of them, Virgil said. Me too. I finished up my bath got out and dried off while Virgil entered the bathtub and completed the same ritual that I had just finished. Boys, come on. Emergency 51 will start in five minutes, Gina hollered from the kitchen. As I completed dressing, Virgil got out of the tub and dried off. Don't open that door until I get my clothes on, he said. Okay, hurry up. We both threw our towels into the hamper and scampered to the living room to join the girls. Wallace, you go and get everyone a fork and knife, Gina commanded. Charlotte is setting up the TV trays and Gail is getting drinks. Virgil, you turn on the TV. Virgil walked over to our TV set and pulled out the on-off switch. The TV hummed to life and a picture slowly started to form in the center of the screen and eventually spread to the entire dimension of the 26-inch set. Gee, our old LaSalle ran great. Those were the days, bellowed across the TV screen. That's Channel 11, Charlotte shouted. Emergency 51 is on Channel 5. The bunkers remind me of Mr. and Miss Philly, I said. Archie Bunker never says anything nice to Mrs. Bunker, and that's just like what Mr. Philly does to Mrs. Philly. He is always making fun of her in some sort of way. I wish that he was nicer to her. Me too, Gail said. Virgil turned the knob and it went past Channel 8, which was PBS, and then to Channel 5, the local NBC affiliate. We were just in time to see Roy and John arriving on the scene of an automobile accident, and then the music for the introduction came on. Turn it down, 
Gina said. Gail, will you say the blessing? Father in heaven, thank you for this food, and thank you for all of our many blessings. Will you please save Virgil when he reaches the age of accountability? Please protect Mom and Daddy and bring them home safely. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, we all replied in unison. Turn it up, Virgil said. Gina turned up the volume as she walked past the TV to deliver Virgil's plate of spaghetti. She went back into the kitchen and grabbed a plate for me and one for her. I think Johnny is so handsome, Gail said as Emergency 51 came back on the screen. I think that I want to marry him. You can't marry him, Virgil stated. He's on TV and he is not real. He is too real, Gail shot back, and I'm going to marry him. Eat your spaghetti, boys, and be quiet. For the next hour, we all watched as Roy and John went through their routine as EMTs working alongside the firefighters at Station 51. When the show ended, Gina got up to turn off the TV. She pushed the power knob in, and the TV screen went blank. <clears throat> you boys need to find something to do for about an hour, and then it'll be bedtime, Gina instructed. Do we have to? I asked. Can't we watch some more TV? Mama said that this was the only show that you could watch, Gina continued. Virgil and I washed our hands in the bathroom and then retired to our room to play. About 30 minutes later, we returned back to the living room and found the girls all involved in their own projects. Charlotte was in the kitchen and had made a batch of peanut butter cookies using a recipe that she had found a long time ago in a cookbook. Charlotte made the best peanut butter cookies in the world. Can I help you smash down the cookie dough with a fork? I asked. It's almost time for you to go to bed. Charlotte said, maybe you can help next time. Can I have a cookie? Virgil asked. No, those are for church, after church tomorrow. I am making these especially for Daddy. Charlotte answered as she opened the oven door, withdrew a baking sheet with cookies on it, and put a new batch to cook back into the oven. You boys need to get out of the kitchen, Charlotte shouted. These cookie sheets are hot and you're in the way. Virgil and I moved out of her way and watched as she took a spatula and moved each cookie from the baking sheet to some newspaper that she had spread out on the kitchen table to allow the cookies to cool. Already she had unloaded one sheet of cookies that had cooled sufficiently to eat. Just as Charlotte was about to head back to the oven, Virgil darted to the kitchen table, grabbed a cookie, and ran back to where I was standing. Put it back, Virgil. I don't have to, Virgil responded. Charlotte set down the cookie sheet that she was holding, grabbed Virgil's hand, and twisted it, which forced him to release the cookie. Ouch, you are hurting me, Virgil shouted loud enough to get Gina's attention. Charlotte, let him go, Gina commanded. I will not. He's being a pest. Gina got up from her seat and headed to where Charlotte and Virgil were. Let him go, Charlotte. I will not. He stole a cookie after I told him not to. 
As Gina reached Charlotte, she grabbed the hand that Charlotte was using to force Virgil into compliance, and Gina twisted it. Charlotte let go of Virgil, and with her other hand, she grabbed a handful of Gina's hair. Charlotte let go, Gina shouted. You always take his side, Charlotte said. I do not. However, I am responsible for him and all of you, Gina said. Let go of my hair. Charlotte refused to comply, so Gina grabbed her in a bear hug, trying to force her to let her go. Charlotte adopted a wrestling stance and began to push Gina into the living room. Fight, 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 Virgil began to yell as he circled the girls. Charlotte, let go of my hair, Gina said, sounding more and more angry. You let go first, Charlotte returned. Right at that moment, Virgil got too close to the scuffle, and Gina's right leg became entangled with Virgil's body. Gina lost her balance while still holding on to Charlotte, and both of them flew into the patio door. Smash! The door exploded into at least a million pieces, and glass went everywhere. There were pieces all over the living room, on the kitchen table, and all over the patio. Charlotte and Gina were both on their backs on the concrete of the patio. They didn't move. Gail, Virgil, and I didn't move. All five of us looked at the now gaping hole in the aluminum frame that minutes ago had been a door. Finally, Char Gina said, Are you all right, Charlotte? Yes, I just have a small cut on my elbow, Charlotte said. Gail, can you please go get the iodine for Charlotte? Gina asked. Gail ran off to the bathroom cupboard where we kept the medicines. Virgil, you and Wallace don't move an inch, Gina commanded. Virgil and I knew better than to cross Gina right now. We both continued to stare at the gaping hole. Daddy's gonna be mad, Virgil said. It's your fault, Charlotte chided. It's not, Virgil returned. Shut up, the two of you. You're both to blame for this. Boys, don't move. Gail, can you please go to the get the broom out of the garage? I'll put the iodine on Charlotte's elbow. Gail ran to the garage, got the broom, and began sweeping up the glass pieces. They sort of look like diamonds, I said. They sort of do, Gail said as she continued to sweep. Gina went into the kitchen and got a paper grocery sack and returned to where Gail was. Can you please sweep the glass into the dustpan and then put it into this paper sack? Virgil and I stood frozen where we were. Charlotte came over to where we were standing, turned around, and said, Virgil, hop onto my back, and I'll carry you to the couch. Virgil complied, and Charlotte gave him a piggyback ride to the couch and dumped him there. She returned and did the same for me. Charlotte, go get the vacuum cleaner and start to vacuum where Gail and I have swept so that we make sure to get up all the glass shards, Gina stated. Charlotte went to the hallway and retrieved the vacuum and began to clean the floors. Soon, all of the glass was cleaned up. What are we going to tell Daddy? Gail asked. The truth, 
Gina flatly stated. If we don't tell the truth, he'll find out anyway and we'll all be in worse trouble. Do you think that he'll spank us? Charlotte asked. I don't know, Gina responded. Boys, you need to get to bed, Gina said. Still in shock from the events of the evening, we both quickly agreed and complied. Brush your teeth, Gina said as we rounded the turn to go to our bedrooms. Virgil and I brushed our teeth and went directly to bed and fell asleep. Later that evening, around midnight, Mom and Daddy got home. Why is it so warm in this house? Daddy said as he entered the utility room. Gina began to relay the events of the evening to both Daddy and Mama. I'm really disappointed, Daddy said. You go on to bed and your mother and I will have to talk this over. Gina kissed Mom and Daddy and told them good night. Gene, I'm just glad that no one was hurt, Mama said. Me too. You know, that sure would make a good spot for a fireplace, Daddy said. I've always wanted a fireplace, Gene, and we have all that wood that the boys stacked today. Let's have one built, Mama excitedly said. Let's talk in the morning, Daddy said. I'm tired, and we have church. As a side note, sure enough, later that month, a new fireplace was built in the spot where the patio door was, and for many, many years, we enjoyed sitting around the hearth, enjoying nice, hot fires, and being together as a family. This concludes The Fireplace by Wallace Gibbs.